Hey, um, welcome to the podcast. My name is Danko Jones, and I want to welcome Nick Flanagan to the podcast. It's it's great for you to 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 be on the podcast again. Well, thank you very much. I'm here. I'm in the house. Did I uh, did I surprise you just now? No. <laughs> Treating you like a, a like I would a regular guest, like a real <laughs> regular guest. I mean, the only thing that didn't surprise me was the strange tone that you took. I expected you to start to launch into it with this kind of like, "Hey, everybody, what's going on? You know? What is that? You always, when you do an impression of me, it's always this voice you think I I take on. There's two versions. There's there's the <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> What's up, guys? Have you ever seen Sega Lord X on YouTube? No. Again, with with your insane references. And this is a gaming reference, I'm assuming? He is a very uh, mildly popular gaming figure who I'm trying to figure out what city he's from. And he, he has this ba- backwards baseball cap, is obsessed with Sega, and he goes, What's up, everybody? This is Sega Lord X. Welcome. And he has that very deliberate This is on tone. YouTube? Yes, and I think you should check it out. Okay, first of all, this is the second, whether nobody knows this, but this is the <laughs> second gamer reference Nick has thrown at me this morning. Yeah. So I'm assuming you are full into some sort of game you're, you're playing currently. Uh, and what is it with you checking out gamers on YouTube? That is You make it sound fucked. like I'm checking them out, but I'm not. I'm not like checking them out. That's in, kind of in, like fucking a romantic crazy. way. That's kind of next level um, weirdo internet. Yeah, thing. no. It's been a rough two years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't work enough. Um, this led to going down many different YouTube rabbit holes. And All also, right, okay. I, the one one of the few things I did work on was like a video game. And so because I did that, I was like, ah, and there was a point where I was like, you almost, wrote it, you wrote I it. I punched it up, right. basically. And uh, there was a point where I was like, I'm going to work in games. And actually, it looked like I had this job that was very close. Plus, in L.A., you're a little more isolated. So you're kind of around your YouTube stuff a lot. Oh, I got to say, you're uh-huh. back from L.A. Back from L.A. for the next few months, I guess. And... Um, yeah, I watched all this different stuff. I watched Dick Gregory uh, conspiracy theory videos. I got into those. <laughs> really? Yeah, there's all he this. He has some? Oh, you haven't seen that? I can't believe I didn't send that to you. Oh, oh my God. Oh, man. That, like Dick Gregory from about the age of uh, probably 70 up. His voice was telling like this. And he, uh, all, he uh, all these guys who I've revered him. I've seen his rants. I've seen him yeah. rant on YouTube. Okay, well, this is pretty much just what that oh, okay, was. Okay. Like him uh-huh. cussing out his questioner and talking about how he thinks it could be from the same interview yeah and I he's drinking these similar. giant smoothies and and um just he's so mad but he's he talks a lot about you know um conspiracies and and his viewpoints and i watched those i watched the star chamber which is this guy star in the morning who is briefly on uh, the everyday struggle podcast and uh star is is a very mean person and i can't stop and and then I got into the gaming world on YouTube, which is a whole thing, you know. And I'm not talking about PewDiePie. I'm talking about... <laughs> I don't even know what that is. You don't want to know. Keep, keep everybody <laughs> you know away from PewDiePie. I'm not, I'm not saying to myself, oh, he means PewDiePie. I got into rice gum. That's a whole thing. That's not even gaming. I mean, I really just like got deep into knowing about YouTubers. Because I watched... There's a Netflix series called Finding... Um, 
what's his? I don't even remember. I can't believe I, I don't remember the name. Uh, but it's basically about an Instagram uh, star uh, who ha- works. Who him and these other Instagram boy stars are managed by this guy named Bart Bartolon, and uh, um, he first enter go to these things called MagCon. Which are, stands for Meet and Greet Convention. <laughs> Is this real? Yeah. And I, so I watched that. So I got into YouTuber culture, game culture. <laughs> There's a culture to it? Yeah. And now I have mics and I, you know, I've been uh, trying to... You are trying to launch a podcast. Now, has yeah. it launched? No, no not at not all. Yet. I have terrible, um, you know, uh, issues uh, that get in the way. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but you did send me a clip. You liked it. I liked it, but I also said that you can't hear your guest. You can only hear you. Your guest is like five feet away from you, it sounds. Well, that's annoying. And that we used a different kind of mic for that. I have separate mics that probably would, would change that problem. But if that was the only problem, it'll be good. So if anyone wants to help me edit it, no, I need a lot of not help. me. I'm out. If anyone, listeners, want to help me. I've out. edited stuff for you in the past. And it was great. Yeah. Well, it you helped, didn't use it, it. It helped me inform what to use. It helped me inform what to use. Okay. Well, let's get to it, shall we? Should I, mean, we? I don't even think you asked me what I was up to. Not that I really answered. You told just me. told me. What yeah, you but were I up just to. told you. I what knew you it was coming. To. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's start the podcast. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around. They play the kids, take us, go out, tell them for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from fucked up. Stop playing. Hang down, down. Hey, we're back. And this is the question and answer podcast episode, which I'm calling the annual Q&A between you and I, I mean, it's become a bit of a tradition. Because it's the third year in a row, I believe. Wow. Not just second, third year in a row. I think it's pretty bold to say annual when it's the first. By the third, yes, you can call it annual. So last couple of days, only two days... I must admit, I've thrown it out to the Twitter verse, not the Instagram verse or the Facebook verse, but just Twitter. Why do you avoid Instagram? Because, um, I don't know. Actually, I should have done it. Yeah, but that's I didn't. the new. Yeah, I know. that's the new way. Yeah, it is. But um, I did it through Twitter, and we were able to get a lot of questions. So we're gonna go through it. And try not to take up too long, but the first question that came through was by at Daisy underscore D underscore Heria, H-E-R-I-A. And Daisy asks, which Rolling Stones album do you suggest I should listen to as a person that never listened to an entire album before? Oh, my God. But would vote for the Beatles when asked to decide between the two. Yes, I'm aware I should not vote because how can you take sides if you only know one party? Well... This brings me to the inevitable Beatles versus Stones argument before we answer her question. Inevitable. Always is something I always... I always talk about it anytime both those bands are brought up. Right. No, it's true. Um, Got to make that comparison. And I always... Cause, not because I'm a contrarian, but because I'm an, uh, a, a champion of the underdog, I will say the Stones. Mm-hmm. Who do you say? That's so hard. I mean, that's like... One of the trickiest questions ever, because, uh, which really gives a sad comment on my intelligence level. <laughs> That's one Why? of the hardest questions of all time. There's well, Lennon external called, of math. 
Lennon called McCartney some of McCartney's material granny music, I believe. Well, so going with that, I think Lennon would also agree with well, me. That's, I mean, there is this thing with, with with the Beatles where, as I mean, they're just so amazing. But then, like, there are the, so many songs where it's like. <laughs> You know, like these sort of marches <laughs> through a megaphone, you know, and, and I don't or like, like that. Or 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 um, kind of not folk as in acoustic guitars, but like folk as in folk cultural folk song yeah, yeah. type. Campfire type music. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I do have space for that in my life, especially like Rocky Raccoon, which might fall into right, something Rocky like that. Rocky Raccoon and yeah. a lot of Abbey yeah. Road and White Album. Yeah, but those sure. are pretty neat. Uh, but, but Rolling Stones just... There, there's something about you know the songs that's really exciting in a way that Beatles songs some have but not all. And uh, I read um, Tom Sharpling just wrote yesterday on Twitter the the radio host guy he wrote um, the great dude he said uh, Satanic's Majesty's request he started saying it's better than Sgt Pepper. Well, that's <laughs> just being a contrarian for just. I mean, just to just to elicit um, a reaction, but I think um, now I'm sure Tom Sharpling can back up his argument. But I mean, even me as as a as a Rolling Stones fan, I have to concede that Sgt. Pepper's is better than Satanic Majesties. I <laughs> mean, that's it's a ridiculous statement. I've barely to make. heard Satanic Majesties, but that album does have "She's a Rainbows" on that record. Bo? Two Thousand Man, which Kiss covered, I know that automatically. Yeah, Two Thousand Man. And Rob Bowman wrote. Rob Bowman, my old professor who was uh-huh. on the podcast, he wrote the liner notes for the reissue. So my answer wouldn't be um, Satanic Majesties' request because I haven't heard it. For me, I mean, it, it is like there's very little that's as thrilling as like the very beginning of Exile on Main Street. You know, the bit, the sort of side A of Exile is just so exciting. Exile's one of them. I think Sticky Fingers is probably the best place to start. That is my favorite album yeah. too. I think that it's I in in a way I would say Beggar's Banquet is like my favorite record, but then I don't uh, I don't think I think it's a little bit. Like picking, it's in my top five. In, like I don't know, just a, a very, very, very well trod, the most well trod of the albums in a way. But I'm gonna go with Sticky Fingers or for me, Aftermath was the first record oh. I really got into of theirs, and Aftermath um, is just a really great example of what they did with blues in a good way, and then where they went from there. With Brian Jones, you know, being this sort of person who was such a, uh, he was just not a regular, a blues worshiper like the other two guys were, I think. And it just, you what? know. Brian well, Jones? Well, I just feel like he took, wasn't he in a, them for Aftermath? He was in the band for Aftermath. Yeah, but he was definitely a blues well, uh, he, lover. But, but he, I'm sure worshiper. he was, but he was a little headier or something, you know, and I just think he added this sort of weird... Yeah, weirdness I mean, to it. Yeah, like yeah. I am waiting. I, I feel I picture that being like a Brian Jones kind of. I just feel like thing. a lot of people, you know, have <laughs> think they they were it. The way people talk about the the difference between Brian Jones and and Keith Mick and Keith, it's as if they were in the room when they were all talking. I know they I know. Am, they I think they know like so that. much. I don't about know. It. I literally but who don't. Knows? I couldn't like, even honestly. I couldn't. 
identify Brian Jones in a but, photo. But wait a minute. <laughs> so, you being in a band, you being in a band, yes. you know bands break up because on on you may, maybe musical differences, but really it boils down to I don't like the way the guy shovels his food when he puts his fork in his mouth. It really sometimes boils down to that. Yeah, it's almost it's it's for it to be musical differences like would have to be someone being so uh, there just would be have to either be someone really sucking at making music or something else going on where a person is insecure about the other person's songwriting style or uh, for whatever reason. Okay, but, so yeah. you would say Aftermath. Um, Aftermath and Sticky, sticky fingers, fingers are great places to start. Of course. I'd, um, say, I'd say Sticky Fingers, Exile on Main Street, and Let It Bleed. Let It Bleed is amazing, too. And then there's, and I mean, Beggar's Banquet, honestly, if you put on Beggar's Banquet... It's the best, so it'll be great. And also, if you're a Beatles fan, you know, Beggar's Banquet is a great example of putting on a Stones album and going like, oh, maybe they're as good at the Beatles as the Beatles at what they do, you know? Maybe they're as good as the Beatles as what they do. I would say Flowers as well. I don't have Flowers. Uh, what's on Flowers? Ruby Tuesday. Oh, yeah. That was all. But it's it's yeah, just a solid... It doesn't really have too many, but it, it's just a solid listen. I mean, the 60s, and I've, I've heard that the, album. The, the sixty through seventy discography is like a, just a great thing you can do and compare with the Rolling Stones because, like, you you take uh, between the buttons and that's got some songs on it. You know, it's just there's there's lots to go through. Okay, so that I hope that answers her question. Let's move on. Justin Pierrot, uh, and he's a broken social scene. No, that's just no, oh. no. Uh, it's at hi Justin, hi Justin. How you doing? At Stormland Brand Stormland. on Twitter, and Justin asks: At the end of the day, how much weight should we give the Polaris Prize? Whoa, what do you think of the Polaris Prize? Basically, me. Um, well. It's hard to have a sort of clear answer for that. I've never really felt like I've been in bands. I mean, maybe you feel the same way. I, I, I've never really felt like I was in bands that even like sort of register with the Polaris Prize. You know, yeah, no, I feel that way too. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think it's a mess, you know. <laughs> like, I think it's really, it's, it's this weird combination of somehow the, the Grammy Juno mentality and this sort of um, indie... Uh, well, it's based on that UK prize. Yes, that, the um, Mercury. Mercury, yeah. yeah. And I, but I think this one, and it's also sometimes treated like a lifetime achievement award. It feels like don't so, they have a lifetime award? They might have added within, that after, within the. They might have added that after Buffy Saint Marie won. But there was like if there's a year where you're competing against Neil Young or Buffy Saint Marie, it feels stupid. Even you know. These, I mean, I, I like the fact that it gives bands who don't have a voice or 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 a platform or an audience a chance. I to, like that too. Yeah, but it it is skewed to a certain kind of music and um, ignores other kinds of contemporary music mm-hmm. that are making some great music. That you know, I just feel that it's it, all the people involved, like you know, indie, rock, dance music. 
rap mm-hmm. music yeah. if it's conscious. <laughs> no, um, if it's Drake most of the time. Like, oh, there was really? a lot Drake's of years involved in that? Almost every year Drake is nominated for a Polaris. That's oh, kind wow. of what I'm talking about. So it isn't it isn't it doesn't ignore the mainstream. Not no, it, it does It's it, weird. It's, that's that's weird. what I'm saying. It's very it's skewed you know. to a ve- a very particular kind of uh, taste in music. And that's where I have a problem with it. On the other hand, Aaron Brophy, who edited my new book, I've got yeah. something to say, works at the Polaris Prize. So yeah, I I'm can't really to disparage I can't, the you know, uh, employees or, no. or the spirit of the award. I mean, the year that I had a couple of years where I was doing this kind of live coverage of it. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. That's right. You were like on the red carpet and, and as the, a interviewer or yeah, something. Yeah, and I don't remember which year. There was one year that was really intense because Viet Cong were nominated. And oh, there were that band. People yeah. I knew were protesting it. The name. The name, and, right? Uh, in fact, Jennifer Castle's entire table was all wearing sh- shirts that were sort of like, we, you know, we don't like Viet Cong, basically. Okay. And Simone from the band's Fiverr, hundred dollars, the highest order, did a, a sort of speech that was talking about that, and you know, I think the last year that woman Lido P- Pimenta. P- Nick, I don't know. The, the, it's one, not in my wheelhouse, well, that as woman the kids say these went days. On, she won, but I think she's very outspoken. I kind of like it when it sort of combines with this kind of weird Canadian specialty, which is kind of speaking out, you know, like winning something. Yeah, well, didn't you know? Tanya Tagak, when she won the Polaris Prize, yeah. she said, uh, fuck... Um, what is it? Greenpeace? No. She oh, said yeah. Something. No, yeah. Didn't she was like, it? I love the seal hunt. Yeah, she loved Basically the, something yeah. equivalent to that. Um, I mean, people use the Polaris Prize as, as a way of getting their political views. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously the money is this huge boon. Um, uh, and, and it does certainly showcase uh, smaller acts as well as larger acts. And I think that putting them on the same stage is a good thing. It's just not part of my world. Um, you know, the Polaris Prize, good on them, I think. I would love to be included in our band. Um, unfortunately, we're not. And it, it really boils down, and this is the problem that I have, to like kind of just, you know, aesthetics. You know, like they don't like the, the chord progressions that we play or the pedals that we use that elicit those sounds. So it really boils down to that sometimes to me. But that's just my opinion. Let's move on before we piss more people off. All right. Next question. Yes. By Blue Gins at Blue Gins, J-I-N-N-S, UK. Right. Asks, will there be a mid-year state of rock and roll commentary coming? Be cool to hear the Flans, that's you, Nick Flanagan's take on what he's been listening to. Any great Mm. discoveries while you've been out on the road? Does Nick miss sleeping in corridors of punk rock party houses? Is this someone you know? Um, I don't know for sure, but it's possible I met Blue Jins when I I went to the UK in 2008. And probably slept on their floor. I mean, the British make you sleep literally on their floor. They take right. it very literally. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I didn't mean anything else but a floor. <laughs> yeah. um, any, any new bands you're checking out? Uh, well, um, I saw a band called... Uh, oh, God. Oh, uh, God. Um, Ignata. 
Um, You're always with the new stuff, but you. Well, because I, I did. I've been doing the door for shows lately. Oh. So that's what I'll tell you what I've been doing the door for. Okay. I saw Limp Wrist and they were amazing. Uh, they're always they're not so a new band. Good. No, they're not new. Um, Ice Age's new sound is like actually really exciting. It's got this birthday party Nick Cave thing going on for good. For, so good for the Ice Age kids because they've got something neat uh, happening. Love Total Control. The Total Control record from last year was great. Um, Pusha T Daytona. Classic record, pretty much. Good record. Yeah, but new bands. Well, that's a new record. I mean... He, I think um, he meant I, I, There's bands. this band called... I, I don't have her name handy. I just saw her play. She she plays sort of like noise, uh, bog, bog, power violence. And I just saw her on Tuesday. Really? Yeah, her name was... I don't want to just if you're interested, ask me the name and I will tell you after because I just don't have it handy or we can include it in the description. of. Really? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what to do. OK, well, to keep it going, I will quickly just say um, the uh, East Side Gamblers, which is uh, Tony Higby's band. Um, they just put out an EP yesterday. It mm. came out. A uh, five-song EP that I've been listening to. Also, a band called Blackwater Holy Light mm-hmm. on um, Riding Easy Records. They just put out a record a couple of weeks ago, or maybe last month. And, of course, Norway's Loot, but I've talked about them before. Mm. And uh, I know there's a couple of other bands. Uh, Gozu's new album, G-O-Z-U. They've got a new album out that's uh, that's really great. They're on Metal Blade, but they're like a, they're not a, like a metal band. They're metal friendly, I mm-hmm. would say. But they're kind of you know rock and roll. Um, and yeah, I hope oh, that- I really like that YouTube streaming playlist, Lo-Fi Chill Beats to Study To. Your, your, your playlists are now um, included in this. You, not even it's not even a playlist. It's like a YouTube streaming channel called Lo Fi. Dude, you and the YouTube thing and the gamers. And, that's I crazy. Do you watch like Minecraft? Some guy playing Minecraft. No, but on I watch YouTube? Fortnite videos. Man, I don't even know what that is. Fortnite. I, I, I'm proud. I don't. Yeah. Can we move on? Yeah. At <laughs> Eat KS. This is Nikki. Um, who who we who we know? I was on her podcast actually. Cool. Everything but the kitchen sink. At Eat KS, Nikki asks, will you ever do a podcast based on your Instagram account, Next Level Record Collecting? No, I won't. <laughs> we were talking about Instagram earlier. Yeah. Um, you're not a gamer anymore. You're a grammar. Hey, that's good. Did that's, you come up with that? Of course. I have four Instagram accounts, and one of them is at Next Level Record Collecting. And yeah, um, no, I'm not. I mean, no, I'm not going to do a podcast. So what's Next episode. Level Record Collecting? I don't think I've seen it. Really? I just post about it every week. Okay, so it's just all my bizarre, odd records that that I have that I own. Oh yeah, maybe I've yeah. seen that. Before. I post those today. I actually did a post. I do it like twice a week. Today's post was Barbie Benton's. <laughs> One of Barbie Benton's albums, the uh, the old uh, pl- Hugh Hefner's girlfriend. She was on Hee Haw as well. Not I, to be confused with the Barbie twins. No, not at all. How they? How are they doing? Do you think? I have no idea. That I was. I don't, I don't know how are Nelson they are doing either. Um, and uh, <laughs> then I have um, at Next Level Book Club, um, and I also ha- that I post all the wacky books and comics, and then. I just started a new one called Memes by Danko. That's memes oh. underscore by underscore Danko, which 
where I, all my memes I store there. I feel like I uh, I help I helped you get into memes. I feel no. You Did just you... showed me some memes, but I was making them too, just not as rapidly. That's you're fair. taking credit for this. No, I'm... you're gonna take credit for the memes. I just want to say make. I was there on the ground floor. Oh well, maybe because we've been doing this podcast together since 2011. It's all I have is this ground floor right, thing. Fine, so just fine. Let me, all right, fine. All right, yes, you, yeah. All right, so we move on. <laughs> Moshi, or Mosh, Moshi. Yeah, I know um, him. What's at up? Longer. The Longer. Yeah. Yeah, he asks, oh, hey, awesome, fellas. Got a cue. What's the best tool a digital introvert should yield in the hopes of getting music out to the right ears? Uh, Bandcamp? I, I mean, I think that the go-to answer has to be Bandcamp. Um it's not as simple as just getting a band camp. You know, I think that you need to kind of examine how uh, to get traffic, how to get some traffic on the, on your band camp, which I honestly don't have a total answer for because comedy doesn't really have as much of a space on, on the website, which is too bad. I'd love to see that, but I also tried. Spotify. I, I, yeah. I Spotify, but I think starting with Bandcamp is, yeah, is great. And then because it just puts you in control it's all going to one place you know, it's a limited platform comparatively, but putting out an EP on Bandcamp, developing a fan base there, and, and, and that might mean interacting, making sure you're saying who your friends are who are there, you know, making, if they allow playlists, like supporting other stuff, because it's more of a website that's about that. I think that you could get a lot out of Bandcamp, but you do have to watch stuff like file size on Bandcamp because it's really easy to like have all your files be like 30 megabytes you know, because they're high quality or whatever, try to make them something manageable. Oh, um, wow. That's a, yeah, because yeah. I, I, I want to get into Bandcamp, not for our band, but like just projects for... Projects and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's a fun way to just, like, have it out there in public. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And uh, I think that, that, that Bandcamp, um, you know, obviously SoundCloud's awesome, too, if you're less interested in people buying it and you just want people to hear it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like Danko, like you were just saying, like get on Spotify, uh, make a playlist of your music, make a playlist of music you like, you know, like just try uh, to yeah, do the whole no, thing. You know? I don't okay. do it, but I should, you know? Yeah. All right. So we move on. Yeah. Harris Pittman. What's up, Harris? Hey, he's a friend of both of ours. Uh, At Harris Pittman asks, Did you guys watch the Ric Flair 30 for 30? I know I'm a little late, but that uh, at Jim... Oh, that Jim Cornette quote, the NWA was the Boston Celtics, the WWF was the Harlem Globetrotters. Now, have you seen it? (laughs) No, unfortunately. I have it um, bookmarked. To watch, yeah. Ken, Ken, our friend Ken, sent me the link. Yeah, and who Ken and I just last month went to the Niagara Falls Comic Con to meet Ric Flair. Oh, cool! Yeah, cool. So uh, (laughs) I've never seen Ken in that state. I got to say, he was (laughs) so excited to meet Ric Flair, Uh and uh, so we met him, and Rick was Ric Flair was great. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he sent me that link after the, the Comic-Con. I haven't seen that, but that quote by Jim Cornette is pretty bang on. I've been saving. I, um, I've been thinking about the Ric Flair 30 for 30. I'm looking forward to the Ric Flair 30 for 30. I can send you the link that he yeah, sent that me. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I heard not, he, Ken saw it. He said it's amazing. Not to give a sort of 
second prize to Harris, but I did watch the Andre the Giant documentary. That's the one I want to find, but they took it down off YouTube, and I don't have HBO. Oh, yeah. My, um, I have uh, access to HBO through my riches. Ah. And, uh, um, I did watch it, and so if we can talk about that for a second, I don't know. I mean, obviously, well, you haven't the even quick seen review it. is thumbs up or down. The quick review is thumbs up. You know, yeah. it's, it's not. I a, saw the it, trailers. It's not a hardcore look at him in any way. He's kind of dead, it's right? Exactly. That only. It's a WWE. Um, oh, it is produced thing. Uh, yeah, okay. or at least so a collaboration it with it. And so you know, there's lots of works. Like I don't think it's the whole story of of Andre, but it's the most we'll get. And it's, he's he was a guy who. Uh, his life was hard. Did they uh, interview uh, what's her face from House of Cards? Uh, why? Because she was in Princess Bride with yeah, him. Yeah, for a second. She's in it. Robin Wright. And, Robin uh, Wright. Yeah. yeah, the Princess Bride people are in it for a moment. You know, you mostly get Vince. You mostly get Hogan. You know, um, you get a lot of... Uh, and you get a lot of um, Tim White, actually, who was this, you know, longtime referee... And oh, the WWE. Cool. Well, Heenan's dead as well. That unfortunately, kind of, Heenan's dead, and and you know they it had such a difficult last few years. They, there was no way of getting you know. No, you couldn't even. And uh, but but Tim White is is and Pat Patterson. So so there's some cool people that you see from for sure, and you hear all about how much he hated Randy Savage and stuff. I mean, it's really too bad. So many wrestlers are, are dead because you know that means you're not hearing from yeah. Big John Studd. You're not hearing from. Yeah. Uh, that the list just goes on, you yeah. know, and and uh, but but it's definitely worth watching. However, I have a feeling the thirty for thirty with Flair is like a different, a very different kind of program. Yeah, I got to see it, and you that's know? a good reminder. Thanks, Harris, um, Alessandro. What's at, up? Okay, at Zip Bolang hey. on Twitter asks. Okay, I see you follow the Church of Satan. Are you a practicing Satanist? Congrats on your book. I've got something to say. First of all, Alessandro, thank you for the congrats. Um, and um, am I a f- practicing Satanist? But did, I follow it because I, I I like the Church of Satan, but that's the whole thing is like there's no practicing Satanist. I thought that phrase uh, that he put was it was very confusing to me where he's, I see you follow the Church of Satan. I, I didn't put the two and two together with the Twitter account. So I just thought, oh, you follow the Church of Satan? Um, <laughs> on Twitter. On Twitter. That's very different. And actually, the Church of Satan has retweeted me And don't they times. do something where they kind of go like, we want to say the Church of Satan has nothing to do with Kellyanne Conway and what she or comment. Like they do well, these snarky kind of... They do snarky yeah. uh, tweets when people kind of misrepresent what a Satanist is. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the term Satanist has been misrepresented in pop culture. I well, mean, they sort of took the term Satanist. They took and it and they re- co-opted it. Yeah, bit, they, you know? I, to be fair, you're right. Yeah. They re- rebranded it, refurbished it. All right, so Shinbone Star. Well, at, now we're getting good. At Shinbone Star, and Star has two R's, yeah, asks, when are you coming back to Australia? When are you coming back, Nick? <laughs> to Australia? Uh, I guess someday when I have a fringe show about, you know, just... My big uh, fall and and the inevitable triumph. Yeah, well, concentrate on the triumph part. (laughs) Well, Um, I'm still falling. (laughs) Well, I I would say Australia, when an Australian promoter wants to have us over, we will come with bells on. And that, that goes for every other place on earth that 
you know, we want we want to play everywhere all the time, but it's just a matter of promoters, you know, inviting us over. We can't just knock on Australia's door, show up, book the tickets, and go, "Hey, you got a show for us." So, hopefully, someone. Last two times we were we went to Australia, we were asked by a promoter, and so hopefully the third time as well. So you've been uh, twice now. Twice, yeah. We went in oh, god, oh four. I think I want to say, oh four, and then uh, in 2013. Have you been to um, New Zealand? No, that's a place that we would love to play. Yeah, I can't. New Zealand's imagine. like an oasis. I know JC's been. He likes going there for yeah. vacation. That's cool. Okay, let's move on. Brendan Crab or Crabe Crab at Jar of Tripsis. Nice. Will extreme metal bands eventually reach a point where it can't get any heavier? Is there a <laughs> limit to it all? Where Nick, are we at now with extreme metal bands? What's the most extreme metal band in your opinion? Because I'm out of the loop a little bit. I am too, actually. To be honest, I haven't been, I haven't had my ear to the ground. But I, mean, I was at a power violence type of show the other day. Body, body void. It can get heavier than that, though. That was yeah. Power violence is not that. It's so hardcore influenced that it only has so much heaviness, right? Like, but what's heavy? I I feel it's like recording a power saw. And then just leaving the room, yeah. Like Sun O <laughs> pretty much took took it to the point. W- where can you take it live? I mean, mm. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I, it, I think that people. I think that that's just like one of the issues that we face now, where it's like the idea of pushing something to the extreme being uh, good, the, the meaningful element right. of, of making something. It's like, right. It's and like, if it's extreme it, that it naturally gets there or, <laughs> or in that moment when you hear it, you go, wow, there's like nothing heavier than this. Even if it, there is something heavier than that. I can't but really But people have it. been saying that and asking that question ever since Appetite for Destruction or Master of Puppets was released. Or, you know, Pantera, you know, right. or, um, I mean, Cannibal Corpse. I mean, I feel like when he's talking about that, he's talking more about probably Cannibal Corpse. something like Cannibal Corpse. Or, right, right. Or uh, Napalm Death. Napalm Death, I guess, Deicide, you know, and, and, and you, you know, maybe Gr- less, Like Grindcore yeah. and what what's... For me, Grindy I, Death Metal. Well, Noise is very extreme. Yeah, you know, absolutely. A lot of noise God. groups are really extreme. And there's so many of them. That's, and that's kind of... The, it could be you in a bedroom. I mean, what, what happened, I think, with, with, with genres is now with the internet, it's like everyone... I know this is the most trite thing to say, but it, it, it's been said a, a million times, but it's like we've access... People have access to entire genres, the whole mm-hmm. story of every one of those genres. They can create something within that mm-hmm. immediately. And, um, you know... I, I think that that's kind of created a difficulty to stand out. Even it's like, okay, you can make the heaviest thing now, but it's like, who cares? Because you have all these examples of other things. So of course you can make the craziest thing, but make it good. Please just make something good. Every, everything is only okay. Yeah, I, I actually, <laughs> I don't have a real good, I don't think neither of us had a good no, answer to that no. question. So. The question is still up in the air for someone to answer. Yeah. Okay, the next question. Evie, at Evie underscore Kristen, what is your dream car? Nick, your dream car. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cool Keith uh, once said, um, he had a line where he goes, stretch Lamborghinis with four doors with four floors. 
And I always liked picturing. So that. what is that? A UK public bus? Or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like a Lamborghini. Um, I think it would probably be a mini, a nice little. <laughs> no, what are what are not a mini? What's the, what's that British car? A jet? Is it is that a mini? Okay, well, in answering that, a this Fiat. Co- yes, like a really nice, oh, a really yeah, nice yeah, yeah. Fiat. You know, that's your dream car. A dream be- car, not car. Okay. Dream car. Dream car has two hood. Two. It has two hoods. Uh, it's it's the width of five lanes. Um, it has a skeleton that rises. I can just do like press a button and the hood opens and a skeleton comes out of it. It's jet black. Uh, it's always the top of it's always on fire. So the Batmobile is what you want. But it's on fire. <laughs> so like Ghost Rider's car. It's kind of if Ghost Rider had a car. <laughs> if if Ghost Rider rode a car, right? Yeah, if he was uh, like yeah, if he was, or or even a bus, Ghost Passenger. So your dream car is a bus. <laughs> My dream car. Dream. It, from Ghost Rider's garage. My, my dream car is a Ghost Rider bus where Ghost Rider and I are the only two passengers, and the bus driver is uh, Danny McBride. All right, I I don't have an answer to this question because I'm not I'm really not into cars. I just uh, my dream car is the car that'll get me to point B, and not it's point oh, A. No, well, I always will start at point A, but. I need to get to point B always. And then when I get to point B, point B turns into point A, and I got to get to point B again. So that's my dream car. Just a car that gets you from one place to another. I think that's why I liked the Fiat idea. Just a little yeah, yeah, car. Yeah, right. But together. I would say, if anything, push comes to something. I mean, if you're talking about dreams, then I would go for the DeLorean in Back mm. to the Future. But anyways, let's move on. Okay. Rondal Austin has two questions. Lots of questions this yeah. time. I love it. At Rondal 77 asks, what's the best live album you've ever heard? Mine's a tie between George Thorogood live and Yanni. Whoa. Live Whoa. in Egypt. Whoa. Yanni live in Egypt sounds like something I would need to hear. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it, it really piques my curiosity that he would yeah. drop that of yeah. all albums. My favorite live album is Solomon Burke's Soul Alive. What is yours? Um, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to say that right now the album that sticks out to me as a live record, the last live record I really listened to was Rock and Roll Animal by Lou Reed. And that's a, it's a live record. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. There's a version of heroin. Because I haven't heard it. <laughs> there's a version of heroin that's just so interesting on it. Where he he's just, I don't know, this era he had, he was just... It's got gigantic guitar, wanky guitar solos happening. Really? All the time, yeah. And it's just like really that's so fascinating. Lou Reed. Very on Lou Reed. And um, so, so that's really fascinating. Lou Reed live, I've really actually, through his career, if you watch certain live clips, it's like pretty cool watching them. It really? sounds crazy. It's not like watching grass grow? No, not at all. It's it's awkward as he always was, you know. But but he had a, a I mean, and I'm not talking about everything, but you know, the album Diamond and Loss on YouTube. There's a live playlist that you can go through to watch live performances from that record. Oh my which god, are, are uh, all really good, and those are from the '90s, and you know. So yeah, I I have to say, like my my Lou Reed fandom is very. 
uh, it's it's within it, very, it has boundaries. Like I love Street Hassle, I love Coney Island Baby, Berlin, of course. Um, I can probably name a couple more albums, but that's it. But he was doing some good stuff into the period of time where people don't think he was doing some good right. stuff. Right. So yeah. I, I think I'm one of those people who yeah. need to give him another chance. Like another, yeah. there's there's always bands that I'm constantly going, Jesus, I didn't give these guys a chance. Yeah. And, and and one of those bands is Chicago. Wow. And I'm going through the discography. Really Chicago. Um, I've been kind of obsessed over them over the last few months. So. Actually, over the la- in the last 12 months, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, so, yeah, anyways. And I don't necessarily have an, uh, a favorite, favorite live album, unfortunately. Um, but but uh, there is, and this is another left field one, like, there's a Leonard Cohen record uh, from one of his last tours. Mm-hmm. And it's really awesome. I, I can't recall the name anymore. Don't forget or something, and um, it's it, it's uh, it, it's a really great live record. I mean, and he was because he was a live performer. He, his live performance was very different than his um, uh, songs most of the time. They weren't. They were. It was more uh, like especially uh, a poetry slam. It was more like a deaf poetry jam. Like deaf, if you see that, jam. he's sort of deaf doing jam. this rap thing. <laughs> no, I mean it, it was sometimes it, it had an element of. Um, not a lounge singer, but you know, like a, like somebody like that, like a Sinatra or like that kind of a thing, you know, like a big review. And then it also had this ecstatic element, so it had this joyful thing that you don't associate with Leonard Cohen. So yeah. Okay, that was a good answer to that. Good question. And Rondell has another question, follow up question: best crowd participation on a live release. And then he says the first one, the first one slash released. In, in brackets, festival and Blackstone Cherry, another festival. Not to mention Danko's live one, yet another festival. This guy's a live buff. Yeah, he really loves the live yeah. stuff. And I'm not. I, I honestly, I've gone on record saying this. I'm not a big live album guy. Yeah, same here. Uh, we've only put out. Well, we've put out two DVDs and one Spotify exclusive live album. But I'm not a big. F- aficionado or fan of it but for me again it would be the Solomon Live Soul Alive album it's the reason why I like it so much is because the crowd is going completely bonkers yeah that's always so important you know um, well I just saw <laughs> this clip of Nicki Minaj uh, in 2014 at something called uh, at a co- big concert and she does a song called Boss Ass Bitch and the crowd is the crowd nuts. goes nuts over like when she did, and it's a very old school type of song mm-hmm. with like that Roxanne Chante kind of like oh good I like driving that force era. and when she gets to certain lines that are just very like dagger in the 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 guts the crowd just goes ah and it's it's killer speaking of yeah. Roxanne did you see that Netflix movie I started watching it it looked good yeah you started what made you stop uh, something happened. <laughs> All right, um, and I have to I have to mention that the Dank. Did, did if you, you see it? Yeah, I did. Oh, did sorry. How did you yeah. like it? Um, I liked Roxanne the movie, but I only really liked it because I'm a huge Nia Long fan. Like I followed her on Instagram. I kind of <laughs> drew a blank just there, but yeah, you love Nia, Nia Long. Long. I do love Nia Long, so anything she does, I'm gonna like it. Did you so, see? I, this is movie, not a yeah. yeah. I mean, Netflix is definitely... Uh, it's hit and miss these days, isn't it? It's really weird. I feel like But it's a lot of hits. A lot of hits. What I got to say. What are the hits? 
Well, the new Martin Short Steve Martin special is I great. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, all the comedy specials. Lots of comedy specials. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to get down to it, yeah, there's a lot of good ones on what there. What do you like on there? The new I ones. I love Maria Bamf- Bamford's Oh, she uh, has comedy. a new one. I've got to see that. She's got a new one, Lady She's... Dynamite. Oh, there, yeah, I love Lady TV Dynamite. Show. Yeah, but does but she the, have a new special? The special, yeah, which I saw. Not maybe, the one with her parents? No, six months ago. It's a new one. I got to watch it. Yeah. And uh, Rory, uh, Rory Scoville. Love Rory Scoville's special. Great special. Amazing special. Todd Glass's special was amazing. Uh, I thought those were great. And, yeah. of course, Michelle Wolf's show is... You enjoy I, it a I lot. I love it. Yeah, that's So cool. Netflix is hitting it out of the park in certain respects. Yeah, they select some good comics for the comedians and... Uh, you know, but then this is coming from someone who's a comedian. You're was, in the business. Was get out of here, Nick. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to, I just want to address the last part of Rondell's second question about the the live live Danko Jones album. If you really want crowd participation uh, on one of our live releases, I put out a seven inch on Yeah Right Records a few years back. And it's just banter. So right. the banter album, which is based on right. um, having fun with Elvis on stage. Oh, I thought it would be based on the um, Paul Stanley one that was going Which is around. based on the Elvis yeah. Presley one. Yeah. Um, anyways, okay. And that Elvis Presley one and the Paul Stanley album are both featured on my Instagram account, Next Level Record Collecting, because I had both. Let me get this off my chest. Is that what it's called? People, let me get this off my chest. The Paul Stanley one? Yes, yeah, yeah. something like that. It, I, it's a seven inch. I have it back there. That's funny. Uh, okay, so Craig Smith at Hello, Craig. At Speed Skater 89 asks, Do you have any pets? If the answer is no and you had to get a pet, what would it be and why? <laughs> Nick, do you or have you ever had any pets? Well, I've certainly had pets uh, living with my family. Um, currently, I'm taking care of my sister's cat, Manny. He's okay. pretty cool. And if you could get your own pet, would if it... If you guys want to see a picture of him, I'll post it. Okay. And your own pet, if you... If I had a pet... Had to choose? That's a good question. I feel like just for self-care, I would... Get a cat. Get, get a dog. Because I think then I would have to get up and take care of the dog. Oh, so it would give you a routine. Give me a reason to live. To live? What are you talking about? <laughs> and, Anyways. And the cat would be good too i'd like to have a dog and a cat and have them be friends and uh you know cats are great but cats uh you got to really have a plan for how it's going to work or else it's disgusting so you're a cat and a dog person now yes uh, pretty much i'm a dog person i'm not a cat person however Mm -hmm. i can only be around hypoallergenic dogs i would choose a dog we were about to get a dog here at this place here that I'm I'm currently staying at, and uh, it turned out I was allergic to the dog because it was not hypoallergenic, and you would have thought it was, but it wasn't. I was led to believe it was, and uh, the last test, I kind of rubbed my hands all over it, and kind of rubbed it in my head and skin, and and uh, I broke out and brutal, yeah, in my and it broke out on my back. Oh. Within ten minutes, uh, there was like like my skin was raised. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty I li- gross. I definitely like dogs, but I find like dogs have this disgustingness that would make me sad, you know, to sort of cope with. Like, oh no, the dog ate a skunk again, or like, oh no, the dog uh, 
the dog is doing is dragging it. We've got to take the dog to the vet. It's dragging its balls on something. <laughs> you know, like, it's always shit like that. Or like, oh, our dog's mouth smells like shit. Like, it's always, everyone's always got some news like that yeah, about their I know dogs. What you mean. And they're like, well, why does it smell like shit? Well, if you must know, it's actually eating its own shit. <laughs> That's why it smells that way. And then they're the same people that were like, oh, my God, this is one day old. I got to throw this out in the fridge. Right. Yeah. They're like, I only eat organic food. <laughs> but my dog can barf on my stomach anytime. Right. Yeah. It's own feces. And we both have a good treat. Okay. So the last <laughs> question is Ben at Prehistoric Fang on Twitter. He asks, any release plan for the songs recorded at at the farm studios, which is Garth Richardson's oh, cool. uh, studios that we, we did four songs earlier this year. Um, We're crazy sounds great. So okay, so here we go. We're crazy is okay. Admittedly, it's a new song of ours. We did play it on the Skin Dread tour we did in April, and this guy's Twitter profile pic is the new Skin Dread album cover. So obviously he was he attended the uh, tour and he heard the song. I'm glad yeah. that it stuck out to you. Um, we're very proud of it. And we are going to be uh, going back into the studio this fall with Garth to complete uh, the rest of the album. And uh, to, truth be told, we went in with Garth to do an EP. Mm-hmm. And we got along so well with each other, both all four of us, we got along well, and and his recording team, etc. That it's like, well, why were we stopping? <laughs> let's just fin- let's let's turn this into an LP. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, those songs are coming out next year, and it will be produced by uh, Garth Richardson, and we can't wait that, to so go your back next to the album. Is going to be a Garth Richardson production? Yeah, yeah, cool. we're we're I guess a third of it. We're a third finished. It. Producing in the name of. Yeah, basically. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Garth Richardson did the first Rage, Rage album for people who didn't get that reference. <laughs> well, you know what? That was a 14 questions, Nick. Oh, and yeah. uh, it brings us to the end of this Q&A. Wow. Yeah, not too many cuts. No, we really pulled this one off. Yeah, I think so. Lots of questions. Want me to see if I've got any? Did way? you throw? You threw it out. I saw okay, you. Okay, I have a question. Yeah, that's what I mean. Want me to check? Just make sure. Well, now we're just looking at our Twitter. What do you think of uh, this tweet I made? Remember the Eminem songs, My Dad's Gone Crazy? Well, guess what, America? You're Eminem. Uh, yeah, okay. And that we're was... Haley. Her dad's what, Canada? Crazy. Yes. Canada is Haley? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about when I said Robin Williams was a regular Mork Saul? Whoa. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. Thank you. Well, what was that? Thank you? Yes. That was a weird thank, thank you. you. <laughs> uh, do I, my question for you would be, um, what do you uh, hope... To um, what, what do you hope happens in the next six months? This is a bullshit question. What do you You're hope? For, it up what, right what is now your wish for the world in the next six months? Uh, to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> I want it all to come to a head. I'm ready for Ragnarok. Wow! I've wow. been training. I've been. You You've know, been reading a lot of chick publications. Polishing my scimitar. Um, I'm ready to fight um, for 
Wow, you just answered my question back to you. Oh, what, what do I want for no, next I, month? No, I'd like to uh, are you collaborate with any listeners who may have ideas about... A entre- comedy collaboration. Entre- yes, I, I'm looking for uh, people willing to... No, 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 I'm talking about an album. With me, our album? Then you should do a comedy collab. With you? With me? No, with like one of your co- comedy friends. I would love to. I would love to like do a, that. Not a Smothers Brothers thing, but a, like a Wayne and Schuster thing. <laughs> Maybe. Um, what, yeah, you think we can do it? Can collab. we pull it out? Maybe. You never know. I've uh, never entered the comedy game, man. I might put out another Wrong Hole album. Oh, see. what happened to Wrong Hole? That's my qu- official well, question I'm to you. I'm back for the next few months, so. Are you handling the Twitter on Wrong Hole? No, that's all Andrew. Oh, so Andrew's liking my tweets. Yeah, Andrew is very uh, generous and uh, good. Oh, because he's liking my tweets. Well, I'm not even seeing. My Twitter is a mess. Like, I follow too many people. and so Yeah, I, just, I know. You always complain about that to me. Yeah, I just don't get to see the things you tweet unless I, like, seek them out. Which And lately, I've actually been taking Twitter off my phone and stuff. And, and putting it back on. And putting it back on today, yeah, and so all that stuff. Oh, because of the Q&A. yeah. You're gonna take it off after this. I don't know. I might just like try to control myself, like naturally, and not. Hmm. Interesting. You know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. A, a new turn here. New turn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So that's it. Uh, thanks for coming down, Nick. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you next year. I'll see you next. No. Let's do. Let's let's do more while I'm here. You don't think that sounds good? Sure. Okay. All right, so you'll be back. Great. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for the sniffle at the end. <laughs> it did mark the whole... Are you sick? I was sick last week. Oh, Jesus. I'm not, gonna, I'm not contagious right now. Good thing you, you didn't tell me that beforehand. I'm yeah. finding this out on the podcast. It's why, we, <laughs> it's why you have your mic and I have mine. Yeah, it's why we don't use the same mic. That would be so creepy if we were both just next to each other. <laughs> hey, well, welcome. Yeah, well, man. some podcasts do, man. This is a pro podcast. This is pro. All right. See you, man. Bye.